It's my favorite part of every superhero movie. It's the origin story, and everybody has one. Welcome to Pinecone Turkey's The Origin Story Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Henry Harris, and it's my privilege to interview superheroes from all walks of life to find out how they got from A to B, to see where they might be going next, and how we all can learn from their journey. Hello, this is the Origin Story Podcast, and I am your host, Michael Henry Harris. Normally, it is my privilege to interview heroes from all walks of life so that we can all learn from their journeys. This, however, is a process podcast edition of the Origin Story Podcast. So the process episodes follow singer-songwriter Will Haraway of the Haraway Brothers and the Sundogs as he attempts to create new songs, and me as I attempt to write my first novel. Now, occasionally we stray from the given assignment to do something random, and sometimes I'm talking about a story that I'm working on or some acting that I do, and sometimes Will is not writing a, a new song per se, but gigging and playing and touring, and we talk about that. So this is one of the random episodes, uh, but in this episode, we get a great update from Will. He's been playing a lot of gigs lately, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that he's kind of hit a new stride recently, or that's that's the impression that I get from this episode, and let me know what you think. And he generously talks about that. And also, for shits and giggles, giggles we're trying to write a song together. I was driving on the highway, had a melody and a few lyrics pop in my head, and I wrote them down, and when I've been bored or just in the mood, I've been working on it from time to time. A writer will do anything to procrastinate, including writing something else. So I brought in a shitty first draft, and I attempt, with only moderate success, to sing it a cappella. And just let me tell you, this is an act of courage on my part, actually leaving <laughs> this in the podcast. Um, but it was fine. <laughs> it was only slightly painful uh, for me. Um, I, I will not guarantee the pain level for you, however. But anyways, Will gives uh, some feedback, and we decide to work on the song together. So here is the episode, and as I used to tell my first dates, keep your expectations low, and we'll all be happy. Enjoy. Have you all done the Petty Show in Savannah before? That was the first time. It was sort of like a field trip to see if it would work over there. Um, it was a promoter that we work with here in town that just bought in to be the promoter over there. And so it was almost like we wanted to do them this favor, you know what I mean? Because they also book uh, Terminal West and they book Georgia Theater, both of which rooms we adore and want to play. Right. You know, so it's like, and, and, you know, ideally you'd like to have a few markets that you can go do. It's a fun show to do. Oh, yeah. You'd like to have a place in you'd Savannah like that knows markets. you. And- like ideally you'd like to be able to go to Savannah. It's, you know three and a half hours away it's, it's not you know it's it doesn't dominate your entire weekend to go do that you know what i mean so if you could do that you could do like macon they have that capital theater down there which is another great one and that's like a nice little run you yeah know, you could do that and make some money and play some good shows for people and uh and get better and all of that and play theaters and that's so, so so that's kind of the idea behind that is get that show going so, so we did that and I came back and played at AJ's house, which uh, you were you were there. That was very fun. Which was super fun, and I didn't know it was going to be that fun. And it was so fun. Oh, good. You know? It was like one of those things. It was like, I mean, I was going to do it, obviously. It's for the school. It was for Fernbank. It was right. for the school. I was definitely going to do good it. Cause. I was definitely going to put my heart and soul into it. But, um, but I just didn't know how it was going to be. And then it turned out... I mean, I knew all my friends were going to be there, but, you know, you, I knew you would like it, and I knew that, you know, like Dan and some of those guys would like it, but you don't know yeah. how many people are, like, into just watching people play acoustic guitar and piano. So I asked I asked about Kevin to come play just to kind of, so that we could make it fun together, and then that ended up being so great. Oh, I'm so glad, because you know? I knew the audience was going to have fun at the party whether it's party-related, music-related, but it's... I'm yeah. Glad, I'm glad you did. I just wasn't sure because of the way it was set up. You know, it was up on the... I figured everybody was going to be up on the up, up on the porch. 
just hanging out up on the porch and looking down upon where we were kind oh, okay. of in AJ's cool little backyard. Yeah. And instead, that became like a nice little natural little... amphitheater clubby type thing. I thought that worked really well, actually. Oh, it was great. We had the best. I mean, you, you saw how long we played. It wasn't for any other reason than we were just having a blast. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was just like, and we had never done that actually together, he and I. Y'all sounded good. As a two-man thing, and I've been encouraging him to work on his singing uh, anyway, and it was that was funny. He's like, "Do you want? I'm not going to set up a mic." I was like, "No, no, 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 set up a mic." And he's like, "But you know, I don't know. I don't." He's like, "I don't." I was like, "No, no, these kinds of gigs. This is where you work on stuff." This oh, is that's it. an excellent point because there's you know? it's incredibly low stakes. Low stakes. Everybody's going to have a good time. Everybody's going to like it regardless. So try some things. Sing some harmony. Sing some. You know, just. Try some songs you're not used to trying. And did he enjoy that? He loved it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that was great. And then the next day, we flew out. Um, I had to go out to California for this work thing. But then midway through that, we had this the the New Mexico thing, the Red Red River Folk Festival in New Mexico. Yeah. which we, you and I had talked about because James McMurtry is one of the headliners. Exactly. He's one of my faves. And it was so, so, so fun. I mean, it was, it was, you know, you go into those things not, or at least I went into this one, knowing that it was going to be fun. I was going to play shows. I also knew I was at the top of the bill. You know what I mean? Like I was the least... Of the of the least of the brethren, you know. What I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. When you look at the poster, sure. when you look at the poster, <laughs> you're the one that I was eight down at the bottom. Me and Bre- me and my friend Bradley Cole Smith, who yeah. a lot of people know, lives around town. He's our good friend, a great musician. Used to play in a band called Double Wide, and he's just a sage, wonderful man. And uh, so we, we were the two at the bottom, and the top of the of like when of the. Of like the morning bill of like when we were on the stage, it was like it was me and then it was Bradley. You know I mean? <laughs> it was like I was at noon and he was at one. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Everybody's rubbing sleep out of their eyes, but we knew what we were getting into. So, but regardless of that, uh, it was you know uh, even that was was wonderful. But we'll get into that. It was just the, um, we the, the, like right when we I'd never been to New Mexico before. First of all, but right when we roll in. It, we're staying at this. It's called the Red River Lodge, and it was like it was like the hotel, the Jim Hotel in Deadwood. Honestly, it was on. It was just, that's what it felt like. And like we park the car, and we are going into this Western Lodge, and there's a dude in there playing guitar, and he's playing up against the wall, Redneck Mother. <laughs> like the first thing I heard was this dude playing <laughs> yeah. up against the wall, Redneck Mother. Like it's gonna like, be a fun weekend. This is gonna be a blast. <laughs> You know, I love all. I love that whole vibe, and it was just sort of like that. And uh, you know, man, it was just so cool. Um, but but I learned a lot. I mean, so we saw, you know, uh, tons of shows. Obviously, the the people that were there, and and you learn about how to do. It's it's a different thing that that singer songwriter thing. You know, it, it's it's a different thing than just you know. It, it, and you want to talk about just how different it is from plugging up. You know, six players and and blasting out some petty covers for, a you know three hundred you know drunk people, which is a blast and wonderful and fun. Sure, but, but very different. So much different than being up there with your acoustic guitar, and you know people being completely quiet and just wanting to you to show them what you got and kind of entertain. You know, like what do you have? Entertain me. Tell me a story. So, uh, so what did you learn? What did, how did you, how did you modulate your performance? <laughs> well, you know, did it go well? It went really well. Uh, I did like a, the first thing I did was like a, um, a in the round thing with two other, uh, two other players. Uh, and it was at this beautiful park. I mean, just like ridiculously beautiful park, like where you thought it was like a theme park. It was like, first of all, you, it was, it was in September. So we left here and it was 98 degrees you know what i mean exactly we, we go out there and it's you know 68 or whatever you know and 48 at night That's it a was victory ju- already it was just one you know just like right there you've got a just a contact high from the weather you know sure and uh but we did like a three man uh, in the round thing where you know you do a song and the other person does a song and the other person does a song and one of the people in there who became a friend by the end of it it was so cool was um 
this uh, this girl. Tw- she's like twenty four. Her name's Lily Winwood. She's she's Steve Winwood's daughter. Oh wow! You know, like I guess his his youngest daughter. Good pedigree. Uh, and uh, she was such a cool kid. You know, for especially for uh, uh, somebody whose dad owns a castle. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she was just cool. So we did it in the round together, which of course bonds you, and it was really fun. But uh, is this where like one person will do a song yep. and the other two kind of back up a little harmony? Yeah, maybe if, if or they nothing. want to or not, it's kind of up to them. But you, and you, you kind of if it's working well, you kind of try and play off of the other people. Like you try and listen to the what the subject matter is, and if you've got something that fits that, that's what I try to do. Keep anyway. the tone kind of the same. Yeah, or if you know, or it just. If depending on what the song is, just trying to kind of do the same thing, and that was probably my favorite thing that we did. That was that was a real blast, um, and I knew really quickly that my style was not like their styles. And was I, Bradley the other person? No, was Bradley there? was no, he's not up there. It was, okay. it was two. It was Lily who I'd never met, and this other gentleman whose name I'm going to forget. Um, but but uh, he was wonderful as well. But he was he he kind of sounded like Ryan Bingham, so that's different than me. And Lily was kind of kind of a blues thing and you know uh she obviously had a female take on what she was doing so it was like completely different than what i was gonna do and so i felt like that went really well and was a blast but as the weekend went on like i knew that went well but i was watching um uh, especially this guy who kind of put on the festival his name's max gomez and you should check him check out his music it's really cool um he had hired these just we we looked him up later. These just bad ass backup band. I mean, like this dude that played with like the Tower of Power and the Gap Band and stuff, you know. And he's up there playing acoustic, you know, just uh, you know backup drums for Max. And he was so wonderful and just so good. And you could immediately kind of tell, like, ooh, this guy's special. He knows, you know, yeah, he knows the stuff. But it was more like just coming out of it after seeing all that. It was like a. I need to get my guitar fi- my guitar fixed. This guitar, which I have since gotten fixed, what was wrong with it? It was just kind of, it was just kind of buzzy, and just sort of like little things that it, you know, like it's something that you you wouldn't notice until you get in a situation. Or at least I didn't notice. Maybe other people would notice. I did not notice that, that that it had these flaws. But when you're up and it's like the guitar is so present in this in everything that's happening, it's like your voice. And your guitar, and it's clear as a bell. So you want it to be clear as a bell. You know, you want it to ring out. You know, and it, it had like these weird little buzzes because I just hadn't worked on it in a while. It's a twenty-year-old guitar, and, and like the the, the frets that had some just needed a little love TLC. Right. And I and I kind of picked up on. It. I was like, oh shit, my guitar kind of has some weird stuff going on here that you don't hear unless it's like just me. You know, and it's quiet as a mouse in there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and are, just, you, are you in your head? You're like, oh my god, everybody can no, hear this. Or is like, it? It was more like afterwards when you sit and you think about how it went, and you're like, man, why was why was it so trebly? Or why was why couldn't I get that sound to do? Why couldn't I get it to do what I wanted it to do? You think about it later. Mm. You know, what I mean? at least I do. Okay. So that was one thing, and then just. Flat out, I've, I've, I've needed to be a better guitarist just in general. No shit. What's the other thing? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah. Need to step it up a little bit. Need so, pr- where, uh, where did you get your guitar fixed? Is there a so place this in town guy, or did you send it off? So, Bradley, again, the sage Bradley, who kind of picked up on it and we talked about it and, and he sort of reinforced what I said and he's like, yeah, you do need to get your guitar fixed. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those, he did not yeah. deny your like instinct. So polite, you know. But once I asked him, he's like, "Yeah, you do, actually, yes." And yeah, as a matter of fact, should, that'd be great. Yeah, I know exactly who you should take it to, and this is the guy. And he lives over in Tucker. His name's Kerry Marchman, uh, and he works on a ton of guitars of all the musicians around town. And I'd never met him before, but he's a lovely man, and he fixed it uh, for way less than he could have charged me to to do it, uh, which was very nice of him to do. I mean, I went like the next week. You know what I mean? It, yeah. was like, it was like I was like, "Yes, I need to get this done," and and played it on this following this last Friday at the at the Wood and Wire Festival, and uh, just I can tell you that doing that fe- doing that show, which was easily and not to confuse like the stories or anything, but that so that it was this Wood and Wire Festival up in Alpharetta, it was last Friday, um, and it's put on by the same folks that put on the Thirty A Songwriters Festival. Oh, well, Russell okay. Carter and those those guys—they do just great stuff. And they gave us a terrific slot, like in front of the headliner, 
and I had a stand-up bass player, Rob Henson, and then Lee, you know, obviously my brother, and then uh, my Kevin uh, Leahy, who plays drums with us, you know, for 20 years now. And it was just an amazing experience, all in all. In all. I mean, like, we, we, we filled up. We started with nobody watching us and ended up with 800. Oh, yeah. isn't that a, isn't, that's got to feel cool. good. Yeah, and it was just like you, you could tell we were hitting it. And and my guitar was sounding good, you know, it was like, and I had just sort of like, I was just sort of, all the lessons that I had sort of absorbed over this two week period sort of all came out together, you know, as far as like things with the monitors and, you know, we, we were working with the same crew. This was at least the sixth time we had worked with this exact crew because of 30A and some other little things around town. And they knew exactly what I wanted out of my voice. And they knew exactly what I wanted out of my guitar. I did not have to say it but one single time. And I, you don't even know what you don't know until you get in that sort of situation. And, it, and then you understand just how important it is to have your own crew that knows you and, and knows your voice. And, and, and it was just like, it was, it was magical, honestly. So... Can you get specific for like the layman on what like what having your own crew yeah does so one is like you the 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 vo- it, it, when you talk about you've got a monitor in front of you right everybody's got a monitor in front of you so people use in ears but you've got a monitor right in front of you and that's the music playing directly to, to play, you you're playing in to real yourself. time so you don't have to yeah. worry about the echo right that's right well besides that you just want to be able to hear yourself to understand. Because the, the better you can hear yourself, the more confident you're going to be if you know you're sounding good. And once you start sounding good, then you get more and more and more confident. And you start feeling better and better. And that's when really cool stuff that's happens. That's when magic can happen. Because like, you just free. feel like you can do no wrong. And you start, you know, you just really start sounding good. And you know you're sounding good. And you know the band's sounding good. And it just, it just one sort of just feet, it's just like a snowball. And it just, you know, just, it just feels so good. But that's one thing, like, I like a lot of reverb. And it's a joke now with this particular crew about how much (laughs) reverb I like to hear in my monitor. And so they like, just completely dialed it in to what I wanted. And now I'm adding reverb to my guitar too, which they also thought was funny. But it's just the sound I like, and it, it respond. I respond to it, and it, it, it helps me stay on pitch, and it helps me. Uh, it just helps me get the sound that's in my head out, and so um, you know that that was really it. Is I didn't really have to tell them to like do anything. They just had it, you know. They just that's had it great. dialed in, and it, it and you know it, it, they become in that moment like just a part of the band in a way, and that's the thing that is. It's just so rare to get because when you do these kind of gigs, you know, most of the time you just kind of go from club to club and you use whatever guy there is. And sometimes there's a guy you've worked with before. And but generally you're having to relearn each other every time, you know, every single time you're having to say like, oh, this is what this guy likes and this is what this band sounds like. And this is and when you've got your guy, they know what you sound like. They love, you know, they've, they've got you dialed in. So like. I don't know, man. It was just, uh, it was, it was a spectacular night, and, a spe- and it, it just, it felt like all of the things that I had learned, including at AJ's house, you know, just like over that time. It's, it, it, I'm not sure I've ever had more condensed music learning ever. You know, it was pretty cool. There's really no replacement for actually getting up and doing it for learning, is there? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, quite, I mean, that's just, a quite legitimate question. I mean, no, there was, there is no. Yes, because when you're thrown into that situation and you're thrown into, you know, having to entertain, entertain people in different environments, be it, you know, at the folk festival when there's, you know, 50 people sitting down staring at you, you know, or when you're on a big stage at at a town square and you've got empty seats in front of you, but you've got people in the distance like and you and the idea is to draw them into what you're trying to convey, you know, and to see it happen. Uh, that's special, man. Oh, I believe you. You know, that's special. That's cool. It's, it's validating it, as to like why the hell do I do this in the first place? Uh, Which fuck, we talked yeah, about man. a lot of yeah, this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, completely. Uh, I love that. Yeah. It, it seems like it ought to be, and I know, I know it's not, and I think I know some, a couple of reasons why it's not. But it seems like you ought to be able to hand 
the person working the soundboard or working or the crew like your settings and you be like, think. do this, but, but it, it, it's, it doesn't work well, that way. Well, the problem is, is that everybody's gear is different too, generally. You okay. know what I mean? But these guys have the same gear, and not only do they have the same gear, they have the same gear that we own. These Electrovox speakers, these Electrovox, uh, you know, mon- well, you can use them as monitors, you can use them as mains too. Like we, we used them the night we were at AJ's, same exact thing with the reverb function on the, on the, on the mixer that we have, you know, setting number 14 is, is what it is on okay. the mixer. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so that's really helpful. And it's, you know, once you, it's just knowing the gear and you would think it would work that way, but it just doesn't work that way. But, I but, believe um, you. but uh, if, if, if Tweak hears this wherever he is, God bless you, man. I can't wait to work with you again. I know he'll be down at 30A and we'll, we'll do it, uh, but hopefully we'll, we'll work with him before then. But man, it was cool. Um, and and just to go back to New Mexico, the, it, watching some of these singer songwriter guys put on shows, especially the three headliners, was just knockout, just amazing. Like one night was Steve Poltz, who just is like a comedian and te- and just funny as hell, quick as hell, great guitarist, great singer, great songwriter. It's just and you just kind of in awe of his talent. Then the the next night it was. Bob Schneider. Do you know Bob Schneider? I don't. Man, I hadn't seen that guy in years. And what he does now is he works with like loops and delays. And so, you know, like he comes up and he'll be like, and then he'll come back and he'll like hit like, you know, two little notches on the, on, on the, on a little cowbell or something and then loop it all together and sing on top of it. And it was so funny and so entertaining and different from what the other guy had done, Steve had done. Uh, so that was like almost two complete spectrums. That's cool. And then our favorite, <laughs> James McMurtry, comes on and he's just, you know, up there with his songs and his, you know, kind of grumpy ass attitude. <laughs> you know? yep. and, and I got to say, like what he was wearing just cracked me up. He wore flannel. With flannel on top of the flannel, <laughs> yeah. flannel on flannel. It was it, it was that's just hardcore. Like, that's I, hardcore flannel. That was it was just it was hilarious. And I joked at the time, like that is a savvy traveling guy move right there because what you do is you got the one flannel with the other flannel on top. Then the next day you just switch them. Yeah. Right? right there we go so the one that you sweated in or whatever is now on top it's it's not right. offensive it's you know fine. what i mean you've got a fresh shirt that sure. was on top last night it wasn't near the pits Dude, pro move right? <laughs> but the, the hole in my theory was actually i had to fly to nashville uh out of new mexico to do another show for my for my cousin's birthday you know which was cool but McMurtry was on my flight. Oh, shut the fuck up. I know. It was so funny. And he, was, and he had not changed out the flannels. Same flannels. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's comfortable to travel in also. Yeah. Uh, did you get to interact with him? You know, he was ahead of me. It was a Southwest flight. So you know how that goes. You, you're, in, you're in line, you know, to, to do your thing. And I was going to say something to him, you know, whatever. I had my guitar with me. He would have known exactly that I was come, came from what he came from. You know, from I, I carried my guitar on on all these flights. Um, he did not because he had like eight of them. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he had his TSA bag. You know, whatever. But uh, I went and I was hoping I would get to say something to him or buy him a beer or something. But as by the time I got on, he already was in the corner with with his hat head down down. You know, fully like sending off all every signal. Yeah, like, don't fuck with me. No don't leave one me alone. should. No one in the world should talk to me. <laughs> yeah. And I was definitely not going to do that. So not at the festival either. Was there not? You know, no, like you know, I area saw backstage him, where the musicians hang yeah, out. There, there is, but he wasn't hanging out in that area. Yeah, you sure, know what I mean. And, and now, now Poltz was super. I met him the night before. He was super cool. And most everybody. And I'm not saying that James Murphy's not super cool. I'm sure he is. Uh, but when it when it but in a situation like that, I mean, he was he was in and out, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, but he was great, and he did he did some awesome things to learn from too. Like it was pretty hilarious. He uh, 
he he had two different twelve strings on stage, which he can play the shit out of. You know, um, I think his guitar playing is underrated. It's, uh, I mean, not by me. Oh my god, he's just it's just spectacular to wait to watch him attack a guitar and in it, you know, it, just virtuosity on it. But so like when he was, tu- he would tune the 12 string, which was pretty funny actually. Cause I'm, you know, my, my buddy's sitting next to me. He's like, he's going to tune this whole damn two- 12 string <laughs> yeah. while we're watching. Isn't he? I was like, yep. And he doesn't, and it's almost like he doesn't care, but he does care, which is why he's tuning it. You know what I mean? Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does care. It's not that he doesn't give a fuck. It's that he does give a fuck. <laughs> right, exactly. You know? But at one point, he did something which I thought was really cool. It was like he had to tune in succession the sixth string and the 12th string, and he knew he had to do these things. So what he did was he was like, hey, I got to tune these two guitars. It's going to take me a minute. What I want you guys to do, full room of people, you know, it's like 400 people. And he's like, what I want you guys to do is go get a beer, whatever you got to go to the bathroom, go smoke a bad hit, whatever it is that you got to do, go do it. I'm going to tune these guitars. And then in about 10 minutes, I want you to come back. And <laughs> we'll all meet back and here. And we'll, we'll meet right we'll here. He's like, we'll I'm going to stay music. here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to tune these guitars. <laughs> but you go do that and come back. And that and it was, it was like, oh, okay, we will do that. Oh, that's, that's what everybody did. Outstanding. I thought it was too. I was like, what a great move that is. Yeah, I'm going to use that it. move. He's like, you know what? This is good for all of us, right? I right. Mean, yeah, you want me to tune this? I need to tune it. So, I don't know. Th- th- that was the kind of weekend it was. It's just it, fun little practical lessons like that. And then, you know, really logical lessons like, hey, Will, you should probably be a better guitar player than you are if you want to do these kind of shows. You know? <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What, um, what, was your, what, what have you changed with your practice routine to get better? Well, you know, immediately, immediately, we did... Uh, well, first, after I got the guitar fixed, which was which was a major plus. Right, so step I, one. So at the Wood and Wire thing was the was, was last Friday. So we had two different shows at this thing. So the first thing we had was just me and Lee a duo show at like five thirty in the afternoon. So there was like you know thirty people there and whatever, which was totally fine because we knew we had the other show later and that was going to be a banger and it was you know. Uh, very nice of the promoters to give us two shows. I thought that was great because um, Lee and I hadn't. Lee, you know, Lee has a newborn. We've talked about it. Uh, yeah. You know, and he, we have not had the usual time we have together, you know, working things out and parts out. So it actually gave us a time to do that before we went and got on stage in front of 800 people and did it. So it was kind of right. nice. But like immediately, I started thinking about like, what do I want to do to be better? And what I decided to do was to, to, for certain songs, I would finger pick. Instead of use the pick, okay, because it was just the two of us, and I had wished that I had done that mm. at, and I remembered like while we were on stage at the twelve o'clock show uh, at the festival, not the one that I did in the round because that was killer, but the one that was like at noon, you know, for the for that for the actual you know fest on the stage there. Yeah, I remembered thinking like because I'd seen another performer by then do it, and I was like, for some of these you could really just play fingers and just. Pick it. Yeah. Because it's just a little more delicate. It's a little prettier. It's a little more present. You know, you can sort of, you don't have to do as much. You just kind of let it hang there. So I I tried that. And I had seen, uh, I don't know, I think we've talked about this, um, but but it's coming up again in in December. Patterson Hood does these shows at Eddie's Attic, right? Oh, is he uh, coming back? Yeah, he's coming on the ninth of uh, December. I think it's the ninth and the tenth. Oh, I'm gonna get my tickets tonight. Yeah, it's like, it's like a Monday. <laughs> and a, it's like a Monday and a Tuesday. He always comes and does a Monday and a Tuesday and does like four shows. He's he'll, you know do two one show they empty it out another another audience empty it out. So he just cleans up. It's like yeah. you know whatever twenty five thirty bucks a ticket. Good for him. You know it's just a nice way way to. Clean up on Christmas presents. I was about to say, but it helps out for stocking stuffers. That's for sure. Exactly. But so what he does is he finger picks um, on certain songs. He'll finger pick the verses, and then he'll pick up his his pick. And I don't think I have one. I usually have. One. Yeah, here we go. So like, yeah, yeah. So like, he'll be doing like, you know, just kind of softly. And then when it's time for his little jam, then he'll pick up his... 
and it sounds like a freight train. Right. You know, it sounds like just just that little thing in that in that room, in that Eddie's attic room with that you know that great sound system. Just that little difference using a pick versus using your fingers is so much more present and louder, and and it's like oh. So I, I tried that little trick. I actually remember you pointing that out to me last December yeah. when we saw him. Yeah. And so, you're right. It is, it is dramatic. And I just, uh, so, but I had never really thought like, oh, well, that's him and I don't need to do that. I do my thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then last week, you know, I tried it and it totally worked. You know, it totally worked. And, and Lee particularly was like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, who, you know, the man of few words. And he's like, yeah. That works. That's good. That's a, that's a good move. You know? <laughs> so it was, it was cool, man. It was very cool. Well, that's awesome. So so nothing to your routine as far as like just practice routine. More. Just playing okay, more. Just playing more. And, and practicing, doing finger picking a little bit more. Um, you know, just little techniques like you can just kind of pull two strings at once. You know, while you're going through it, and just gives a little bit more feel and drama. Okay, you know, but really just just playing more, you know, just just sitting around playing, practicing your finger picking, practicing your technique. Just, uh, I mean, you know, it's just like anything. Just the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Fucking practice, and, and practice, it, and, practice. And it really helps when you get in those high pressure situations because it's just it's routine at that point, you know. And now you 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 trust yourself. What you do know? you do to calm yourself down before you go on stage? Oh, uh, God. I don't really get nervous anymore. That's great. So that's that's a nice thing. Um, I actually can't remember the last time I was really super nervous. Um, the only time I'm really super nervous is like maybe when I'm sick. Mm. You know, like uh, but we did that Petty Show last year at Terminal West, and I was sick as a damn dog. And it was so frustrating to, to be sick. That timing of it was so frustrating. Right. So, so that I was actually nervous just because I didn't know how I was going to sound. And I knew that I had to sing half the songs. You yeah. Know, it's just like, how am I going to do this? So I've got like tea and whiskey and <laughs> yeah. ginger and throat coat. Throat co- oh, yeah. I was down in some throat coat. Throat tea. coat's good. Um, but generally, you know, uh, a couple of beers is a good idea. Uh, I think it is for me. I, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm, maybe not if you're, you know, have issues in that in that direction. But a couple of beers is usually a good idea for me. And uh, and then I'm, then I'm just pretty excited to to usually have a plan. You've got a set, and you know, then it's just fun to just kind of get into it. Now, if shit starts going wrong, then you do kind of get a little. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's nervous as much as anxiety and like, oh shit, things are going wrong. Right. You know, because that'll happen. It's going to happen. But um, can you remember a time where that happens and y'all course corrected oh, or, or did not course correct? Oh God. I, this is actually a pretty funny story. Um, so we were down at 30A last year and, or this year, I'm sorry, it was January. And Lee couldn't go because his wife was pregnant. And so that created a little bit of a hardship because he sings most of the songs in this petty set. So what we did was we invited all these different artists to come. Um, We made it, we turned a negative into a positive, basically. We we just, we asked everybody to come and, like, we asked Aaron Lee Tazin to come. We asked the Warren Tweedy to come. We asked... uh, uh, Chris Stills, Stephen Stills' kid, he he came and played, which is super cool, um, and uh, so that was great, and it kind of took the pressure off. But but what we what was one of the, but it was a lot of moving parts, obviously, and it was a lot of pressure on particularly me and particularly John Harris, our other guitarist, who had kind of devised this whole thing, and you know we're kind of keeping the trains running and just be like it's almost like it was hard to enjoy it mm. because it was like you get done with the song you're like what's next and who's next and what are we doing you know it's like, right it's hard to be in the moment when you're when right you're, when you're actively like you're planning thinking, and thinking yeah you're thinking of the next thing so it was sort of like so aaron lee tazan who is a he's awesome he, he used to be in driving and crying he was in that band he was in the new york dolls which is crazy you know, um, 
and he's touring around somewhere in America right now being awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I was really glad to have gotten him to come and do the show. I was really pumped because I knew I respected him. He's a big star. He's cool. I, I, I got him to do it over Twitter, which is hilarious. Oh, I and, love and, that. In a, a big. There is something redeeming about Twitter that's what now. I'm saying. You can reach out and just, I, I, I just reached out to him about it. I think he had tweeted something. I just happened to be sitting on my couch and he had tweeted something about Petty. And I was like, you can come do a song with us. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I knew he was going to be at 30. I was like, we're gonna, you're welcome to come do it. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, all right. And we figured it out he was going to do. So I hate to get technical with him. Uh, so does he follow you at first? Does like, Or would he you do that now. like in public I, line? He does. He does. No, I just put it on public. Yeah. yeah. Put it on public. That. Put it on blast. Fuck yeah, you man. Know, you, you, people ignore that. You know, you ignore when people tag you. Well, what's the negative? Right. I, that's so what like, I said. What I was like, like, I'll just ask. What the hell? It's no big deal. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, whatever. So he was going to do even the losers. So that's important because even the losers has a very similar opening to listen to her heart. And mm. it has a very similar opening to the waiting. Oh crap! <laughs> and we're and we're aware of this. We're very aware of this fact as, right. as people that do the, this particular show a lot. And the idea is like one of the first things when you're putting that set list together is put those two songs as far <laughs> away from each other as you possibly can to avoid messing them up, like we did with Emily <laughs> yeah. Townsend. So it was, it was it was actually so and you know the he's 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 showing up and it was completely my fault completely my fault they actually we had made the mistake because we were running and gunning and just trying to fit all these things together and 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 so it became like when somebody could show up versus you know when we would put the you know that those kind of right thing. you was yeah so it just didn't cross our mind to make that one the biggest rule and the songs were back to back. And so, like, I called out, I'm pretty sure it was me, told the rest of the band that we were doing Listen to Her Heart, and Aaron's doing, and I knew that we were doing um, Even the Losers, and John knew, it was like half the band was doing (laughs) one song, and the other half the band was doing the other. And we started it, and he kind of started it, and gave this great intro, and he started it, and was like, and he's like, Tom Petty, or whatever, and uh, started it. They start the intro to listen to her heart. I start the intro to uh, to, even, to even the losers. <laughs> We're both staring at each other like, <laughs> what is going on right now? It's like, I know something's going on, but I can't put my finger on it. It was just like a slow motion car wreck. You're like watching right. your friends. You're like, oh, what's going on? And like, you, I looked at like Aaron Lee. I looked over at Aaron Lee, and he had the <laughs> most hilarious look. We'll never forget it. He was just like. He was horrified. You know, it was like, what's, what's going on? Oh, my God. And so what we did was, it was funny, like, we stopped. We stopped. Fuck yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah, we stopped. We just were like, okay, this is going to be fucked up. We stopped. And, and I was like, and I immediately knew what, it was my fault, and I did it. And I was like, guys, I'm so, I blew it. I'm so sorry. That was the other song. Aaron, I'm so sorry, whatever. And, and he's kind of walking around, and Kevin Leahy, the, our drummer, uh, you know, he just goes, he, he hits his kind of hi-hat, and he goes, but hey, welcome! <laughs> to Aaron, like, we just fucked up your song! <laughs> He's like, welcome! And then right back into it, and then it was, it was great, you know, yeah. it was great, but it was like, yeah, so, so those moments, it's like this, it, it, it's, it's, it's a feeling that you definitely do not want to have, right? Yeah. It's just like this feeling of like, oh, we just fucked up. <laughs> <sighs> it is a horrible, that happens, that happens in plays all the time. Somebody, right. will, somebody will say a line that's two pages. Like you skip two pages. And then in your head, all you're doing is like, what information was in that? What, what, can we just keep going? Do we have to try to work it back in? And it is just this panic feeling and you panic. make eye contact. Thank you. Panic. <laughs> That's the word. Yeah. Panic. And it was just like, oh, we fucked this up. Oh, dear God. But then, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. and it feels like it lasts. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It feels like it lasts forever. Yeah. It literally feels like it's like a two minute thing and it lasts. It's really like 10 seconds. Completely. You know what I mean? And at least for, uh, and, and I think it is different for theater, but at least like when when I've seen shows and the, and the band has done something and stopped and been like made a little cut, nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. 
Like, yeah. In fact, it's kind of cool because it's a live show and anything can happen. It's the best move to do. You know, I once saw, I think we talked about this, the, the horrible Neil Young show that I saw at Chastain uh, like 15 years ago, but, but um, the opener for it was Lucinda Williams. Mm. And she, they, I think they started the song in the wrong key, something like that. And she was just like, nope. <laughs> nope. Like either she had done it or the band had done it. She's like, nope. Yeah. She like turned back to the crowd. She's like, we're going to try that one more time. Oh, see, I love that. And it was actually wonderful. They tried it one more time and everybody was like kind of into it. It was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, now you're kind of rooting for them. Yeah, it's kind of like, kinda like I, everybody succeed. makes mistakes, you know, even the best. That's great, you know? Yeah. How is, um, for the solo show when you were out there, yeah. I imagine your patter is, is pretty great. But how did you feel, and and is there something you're going to change there when you're performing by yourself in that kind of situation? Um, you know, you can, it's it's something you should work on. It's something the same. It's the same. You got to get better at that too. Um, I have certain things that are funny, you know, for sure. Oh yeah, I got certain things that work, and I know that they're going to work. And and uh, uh, it's all about being comfortable. You know what I mean? And the bigger the crowd, the more you, and you you start to feel like maybe you sh- you're not as comfortable. You know what I mean? You start to rush through the story, or you try, or you start to just not be patient. But again, like not to belabor this point, but 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 up there, I, it was fine because it was actually good practice. Because when we did, I did the the in the round show that's what that's supposed to be about anyway. They want you to do that, you know, so, so I had that down, you know, yeah. I, I knew what stories to tell, what that went with, with songs, that was not a problem. And then, but, and then when we got on stage to do the folk set, you know, and I had just to, I had Bradley and Kevin was out there too, our keyboardist, he was out there too. So that I wasn't, I wasn't by myself for most of it. I had them join me, but it's still me, you know? And, uh, um, but, that wasn't that bad because there weren't that many people there yet. You know what I mean? It was just that we were the first on, you know right. what I mean? So it was like, it was, it was really very low stakes, you know what I mean? So it was, so that was fine, but, but it still taught me just like, be patient, tune your guitar, tune, make sure your guitar is tuned, take the time to tune it. Don't rush through it. You know, like little things like that, like, you know, and try and tell, if you can tell a little story while you're tuning it, so much the better. It makes it you all the better. I mean? It makes it even better. Um, but um, then when I, you know, got to, to Wire and Wood, where it was all these people, you know, uh, I felt comfortable. You know, it, it, it felt easy, you know, to tell those stories, which I, at this point, had told, you know, eight times, you know. So it was like, I knew, you know, you, you kind of learn the beats. But oh, yeah. I think that, like, when Springsteen goes out on tour, even to this day, he rents out a... You know, uh, he he basically rents out a a, a shed that he, the kind of place he would play, like like if he was here, he would rent out whatever you know, uh, you know, just, just a venue, you know, a closed venue, and, and it would just be closed for that night, and he would pay the rent on it because he's Springsteen and he doesn't sure. shit. But he goes out there with his band, the full band, and they run through all the songs that they might do. The, the ones he knows he's going to do and the ones he might audible to. But he practices what he's going to say in between the songs, too. Like, practices it. Like, full-on, does the stories, the, the patter, the beats. He gets out there and practices. And he's mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So, you know, you should... You got to. You got to... You got to... I don't know about that I'm going to sit down here in this basement and practice the stories, but it doesn't hurt to write them out. You know, to at least have a framework and to help you remember what you want to say. Right. But uh, but definitely just have a, you know, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day with uh, Letterman and Conan. It was the Conan O'Brien podcast, which is wonderful. And yeah, it's a good was, podcast. Yeah, and Letterman was on there. You might have heard it. And he was saying that he loved it when... Um, people would talk about how grumpy he would get sometimes. And he said the only reason he would normally be grumpy is if a guest didn't, wasn't prepared Mm -hmm. and didn't have stories, their stories set up like that were good. Right. And that had a a beginning, middle and end, you know, like just, you don't necessarily have to be funny, but at least be 
go somewhere. Right, with put a bow thing. on at the end of it so we yeah. can move on to the next one. You know, because he's trying to put a show on here. He's right. like, do your part to, to, to make the show good. Now that's know? interesting. So if, he, if they didn't do that, then he would make the show different by being a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which people liked that too. Well, I was about to say that works also. Yeah. It's like Johnny Carson used to be able to, I mean, his, his jokes that bombed were funnier than the jokes that yeah. succeeded just because how he reacted afterward. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch any of that Ken Burton's uh, documentary? I'm not music? all the way through it yet, but. I'm going to spoil part of it for you because it applies to something we were just talking about, a song sounding alike. But it talked about George Jones recording oh uh, He Stopped Loving Her yet. Today. Oh, I love that song. All right, so when he, <laughs> a couple of great things. I am going to co- totally spoil it for you. No, I, I want to hear it from uh, you anyway. So the beginning of that song apparently sounds a lot like a Chris Christopherson song that he had just had a hit with maybe a year ago, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but I think it was... Um, Sunday I'm not going to coming down. It wasn't that. I love that song. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Or maybe it was. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Doesn't the matter. point is like, like for 20 takes in a row, George Jones could not get, sing. Could, couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't get that song he out of his head. He just couldn't do it. It was awful. <laughs> and then when he finally got it done, he basically said something like, well, I hope you're goddamn happy. Nobody's listening to that fucking shitty song. Like, or, you know, something like that. He like, nobody's going to listen to this sad, boring song or whatever like that, you know, to those, you know, one of the country music's anthems, you know. It's a great one, man. It is a great one. Yeah. But apparently, like, you wouldn't. That is one of, that is, I got on a George Young kick maybe three months ago. Oh, sweet. Uh, and just listened to everything. And the, the, just the, went through it. Just went through it. That's the beautiful thing about streaming, man. People dog it out, but. If you want to get on a kick, you can get on a, you can get on a kick and just wear somebody out like that and learn everything about them. Yeah. Um, I think I'm about to do the same with Shirley Jackson, actually. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I've only read that, you know, one, you know, the lottery short story, but now I'm reading Haunting at Hill House, which I'm loving. And uh, Peggy and Hank got me, a, you know, her uh, biography of her uh, oh, wow. last year for Christmas, and I haven't read it yet. So, but I want, because I wanted to read you know all her fiction first yeah you know before reading a biography about her so i think i think i'm in the i think i'm kicking that off with uh the haunting of hill house is is tom t hall in the same episode as uh george jones i don't remember because i watched them out of order they were like dvr you know yeah me too doing little clips here and there and trying to figure out i I don't even know that i saw all of them i love tom t hall so much one of my favorites I kind of stick those guys together to just, but just. I know the name, but I guys. couldn't. I couldn't tell you. T- t- You'll get to it. it. He'll definitely be in there. He's he's like one of the titans of that of that town. He's one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, petty and shows, you, y'all are doing another petty show, right? Yeah. Um, that's let's see, December sixth at Center Stage. So tell me about playing at Center Stage. That's, um, that's a bigger venue than yeah. Terminal West, right? You know, we wanted, we actually wanted to do it at Terminal, but that they they had a really busy December, and we were dead set on the date because um, I, I, we really liked the synergy of doing it the night before the SEC Championship, oh, the that's... Friday before the SEC Championship, because it's already kind of a celebratory weekend. People are in town you get people that are from out of town that are looking for something to do that's a very easy sell you know what i mean and uh and it starts a, tr- a tradition yeah it's probably for alabama fans right. come here exactly. every year, alabama you know? georgia fans although the georgia's got some work to do but uh yeah, but, but they st- <laughs> i'm sure they'll you know they'll, they'll just take care of florida It'll probably be all right but uh we'll see yeah exactly but um but yeah, I mean, so, so that's going to be really cool. Uh, it, I went there and saw Driving and Crying this summer uh, just to kind of test it out and see what it would be like. And I mean, it's it's just a cool old venue. What are you looking for? What what little minute things that uh, you know a non-player oh. wouldn't notice? What are you looking to see? I don't know. I mean, uh, firstly, the sound for sure. The sound is a major factor to make sure that it just sounds good at other at all places in the room so like i kind of walked up to the top of those little seats and sat up there for a while and was like what would this be like for the the person that's sitting here and that'd be pretty great i mean <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know there's places to hide in the spot which is not a bad thing for certain people you know <laughs> that's not bad um we, we, you know, we don't uh, encourage that necessarily, but if it, uh, <laughs> it strikes your fancy, go right. A relaxed audience right, is a happy exactly. audience. 
So, uh, you know, that, that's cool. Just, just things like that. What does the stage look like? Um, where, where's the soundboard? Just uh, what's the vibe like in there? And, you know, it's so cool. I mean, I just read Steve Gorman's book about the Black Crows, and he's talking about when they played there, you know? So it's like just thinking about that kind of stuff. is like, all right. No, well, that's cool. That's, that's fun to play anywhere those guys played. I and mean, it's one of my favorites of all time, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got that coming up. Um, I'm doing a show with uh, Michael McDermott uh, at In Town Coffee House in November. That's going to be wicked. Where is that? Um, it's kind of over in the, it's not far from here. I mean, not far from Decatur and, you know, our, our sort of general thing. It's, uh, um, but they do kind of the, you know, the, the songwriter type yeah, shows. I just don't know it. Um, I've never been to it, but, um, you know, Michael McDermott's going to play there, and he's one of my, I love the dude, and uh, I kind of finagled my way onto the show. So, <laughs> so, like, you need an opener? I'll do it. You know, one of those type things. Yeah, like, I'll, nice. do it for, I'll do it for beer. Uh, but they're doing a little bit better than, than beer, but that's, either way, I just wanted to be with him and play, play with him, and that, that's on the 17th of November. And then we're doing this cool thing that... Um, our friend Kelly Campbell is in charge of down at uh, the Mercedes-Benz at the Marketplace. It's like the first Thursday. It, it was in October, and then the first Thursday in, in November, and the first Thursday in December. So it's at the Home Depot backyard, which is where you, I, I know I like to hang out there before United Games. Uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the old... Um just where the, the field of grass yeah. kind of is. And those yeah, little... so they bring up food trucks and throw a stage up there, and it's like it's just like a it's it's called the Home Depot Market. Okay. So between me and Kelly, we we um, we were able to sort of get that business for uh, our family of bands and oh, our, awesome. and our family of uh, uh, you know production and people that we know in that area. Um, so last month, Kevin. Thomas, who you know played with me at uh, at AJ's house, his kind of side project band, which is uh, uh, Dynamite, and it's sort of like an organ, kind of a funk organ trio thing that he okay. needs. And but then he has our other friend David Fish, who comes and does like a harmonica, and is the front man, kind of does like a, a, a you know like a James Cotton Rufus Thomas blues man thing, and like a purple suit, you know. So he did it in October. Um, Haraway Brothers will do it in November, November 7th. And then we got to sort of give it, because we want this type of thing, as it progresses, we want to get some other artists from other towns that are trying to kind of break into Atlanta. You know, we want to help them out a little bit. So we've yeah. got this guy, Elliot Bronson, uh, who actually used to live here and play here. It was a big Eddie's Attic guy, but he moved to Nashville you know, to try and make it happen up there. And he's a great singer and a great player. So, but he, you know, it's hard to go to other towns and find a nice, well-paying gig, you know, to kind of, cause you do, you can do a well-paying gig one night, then you can do kind of a shitty playing gig. That's fun. Right. Like open for some big band or, you know, whatever, just the, 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 it takes the pressure off the other gig because you're kind of paying all your expenses with the well-paying gig, right? Right, exactly. So we yeah. kind of want to help people have that linchpin to come over here. Uh, it, it's the the vision of what we're trying to do moving forward, um, and uh, and so Elliot Bronson's gonna, gonna gonna come here and do that. I love that, and that yeah. also expands. You know, I mean, you're you're already, he's already in your circle, but that's it, right. You still like you know, and then he can help us out in Nashville. Exactly. That's the entire idea. That's I, all scratching. I, think that's, I think that's solid. Yeah. I forgot it was if it was a Robert O'Keen's Americana podcast I was listening to or yeah. um I hadn't or listened Brian, to it yet. It's it, I like it. Uh well, or I love him. I mean, or yeah, me too. Or Brian Koppelman's, but they were talking about somebody, you know, who was, you know, just starting off and they you know, they were a day laborer during the day. Uh, you know, whatever town yeah. they went to for the weekend show, they'd work their ass off, you know, making whatever little rocks out of big rocks yeah. on Friday and Saturday and then play that night. And you know, that was their because otherwise rocks. they didn't have the money to get to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, uh, which is, you know, it's reality, man. You got to do what you got to do. You got to, you got to, got to pay. Uh, so I think I've postponed this long enough. 
Uh, yeah, we're talking about songwriting. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about songwriting. So. We've been talking about songwriting, the craft of songwriting. You talked about George Jones, one of country music's great songwriters. Indeed, indeed. And now you have a song. Yeah, well, I, I have I have a portion of a framework song. Framework of a song. Portion of a song. Yeah, a framework of a song. There we go. So I was driving down. I was coming back from Cherokee, and I don't remember why I was there, but... Uh, Coming back and just you know, I was I was listening to a podcast okay. about something and it talked about um, talked about labels and talked about uh, falling in love with the status of something versus falling in love with the work okay. of something. And I think that's uh, a pretty common thing, especially when it comes to somebody who says they want to be a musician, right, or an actor, or a writer. You know, they it's a, that'd be a fun thing to say. But do they really enjoy the work? So you have to. You got because you got to. And I think one of the differences between somebody who actually produces something and somebody who doesn't produce something is that love of the actual process and love of actually the work. And of course, we call this the process edition of the Origin Story podcast right. for that very reason. So I was thinking about that, and um, I just had a phrase kind of enter my head. Okay, you know, driving down the highway. You know, this happens. You know, all the time. You know about like an idea for you know something, but you know I, I'm pretty good now of jotting down ideas, either yeah. like in Evernote or something, or just on a pad. But I had an idea and I wrote it down, and then it kind of just kept. You know, it's a three and a half hour drive, yeah, and it just kept going in my head. So, that, so instead of just writing the words down, I also kind of sang whatever little nice thing was in my head, and then it just didn't go away. That's so I was like, you know what? We've got a podcast with a singer-songwriter. You know, why don't we bring this in and learn about it? I love this idea. I loved it when you mentioned it. I love it now. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to sing it, kind of? Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I think it's a good idea. And, uh, you know, it'll be what it is. It's a shitty first draft. Uh, again, <laughs> that's all those. I'm trying to get with my novel. <laughs> we love that. And that's what this is. And I've got asterisks by all the lines that I want to improve. And it's an asterisk you by got, every single line. About, we've already talked about that. I do that all the time. I, I, I did a song for you that had two different sets of lyrics. Yeah. So I get it. So there's, uh, there's some placeholders in here. But okay. we're just going to do this. And I am nervous as heck. But well, no, let's no do why. it, man. Can you give me the key? <clears throat> I don't even. Uh, I don't know that I can because I haven't picked well, up let's a just, I'll guitar. Tell you what, on you it. just sing it, and then we'll see what. We'll In see my head, I know what it might sound like, but we'll see if I, we can I'm, figure it out. Yeah, there we go. All right, so I may start and stop a couple of different times. That's here. cool. It's like I can't remember because now that I'm actually doing it in front of you, I'm not sure I can remember how it goes. Let me just practice this. Wake up on the couch, 2 a.m., Rick and Morty and all my friends, still playing on the TV. Lafine Mon and Cashew Nuts, gotta clean this act up in the living room. Drop the boy at 9 a.m., seven hours, be back again, the day is mine. Hop in the tub with Anne Lamont, got to read and write a lot, that's what the king says. I drive to the goat and surf the web, wonder why I feel this dread down in my gut. Listen to the wannabes, planners, strivers just like me. We talk a good game. Cause if you never truly try, then you never truly fail. You've got potential. Tell yourself that there's still time. Start next week, it'll all be fine. But we know better. Oh, who am I? Who am I? Who am I again? Hell is mean the person, the person you might have been. What am I, what am I, what am I gonna be? Forget the nouns and adjectives, let the verbs determine me. Let the verbs determine me. Chalagi and Yoneg too, English, Irish, one thing's true. We're all drinkers. She's in bed at 10 p.m., boy, in the shower it begins. Time to take a toke. <laughs> Lay down with me, he knows the spell, then loneliness, so what the hell? More medicine. Uh, sit on the porch, listen to the rain. How about a drink to ease the pain? Try again tomorrow. Oh, who am I? Who am I? Who am I again? Hell is mean the person, the person you might have been. What am I? What am I? What am I going to be? Forget the nouns and adjectives. Let the verbs determine me. Let the verbs determine me. A writer writes... A painter paints 
A dreamer dreams And the readers wait Oh, who am I? Who am I? Who am I again? Hell is mean the person, the person you might have been What am I? What am I? What am I gonna be? Forget the nouns and adjectives, let the verbs determine me Let the verbs determine me Now maybe you are just like me, full of plans and schemes and dreams But you can't break through So why don't we agree to fail, say fuck it and what the hell Full speed ahead Cause in the end it don't matter much We'll all be dead and give no fucks But it'll be too late Destroy the fear and go for broke Set down the beer and no more tokes Till the work is through Resistance thinks that it will win But we will triumph, yes my friend If we do the work So don't worry about what people think Keep your head down and repeat Just do the work So what are you, what are you, what are you gonna do? Resistance think that it will win, but the battle is not through. Who are you, who are you, who are you again? Joy is meeting the person, the one inside you that can win. What are you, what are you, what are you gonna do? Forget the nouns and adjectives, let the verbs determine you. Let the verbs determine you. Ugh. What was happening in the shower before the toke? That's what I want to know. Oh, <laughs> uh, the- <laughs> well, that's that was. Uh, Sorry, my dirty mind just goes right there, bro. Yeah, no, that was uh, <laughs> very different. <laughs> Not what I'm thinking. No, that was just part right. of the uh, the nightly routine of of this character, whose child gets in the shower, and that's what happens. So. I wanted to have, you know, two verses. I think that's where you're headed with it. Something like that. I think so. I was very nervous doing that, but when I do it in the car, I see it. What am, and, and I'm just—I want to give it because you—you you, you, and, and this maybe because you mentioned Robert O'Ke- Robert O'Keen earlier, but that's sort of where I was going with it. Yeah. And then we got to come up with a chorus. Well, I had to see that. So I don't think I, I don't think my performance is creating what you. I think I think I know what we would do. You just turn it around, so you could do it like, so you could do those. Those would be the verses. So like you do it like like that and like that and like, and then you go. What am I? What am I? What am I to you? Something like that. It's because, um, and again, we're talking about country music and we're talking about um, George Jones. A lot of what is so cool about a lot, those kind of songs and those Tom T. Hall, Tom T. Hall songs, it's, it's the same chords and it's the same progression. They just turn it around between the verses and the chorus where the verses would be the G as the dominant chord that you're going from and then for the verse I mean uh, for the chorus you just turn around and make it the C and it's still just three chords you know what I mean that that's that was the, uh, that's what I think that would be my initial you know reaction to that cool which I, think, I can't say as I understand the whole reverse chord thing but that, that yeah well that, we'll um, get there We'll get there. Let's make a song out of it. All right. I think it's cool. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then lyrics clearly need work, and I I have an I you know ideas for, but let's play with it and fuck it. Next episode, I uh, like it. Have a, a a shitty second draft. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think you can have. But a, that, that, the chorus, like you know, what am I? What am I? What am I gonna do? Or you know, who am I gonna? Yeah. Be? Hell is me. The person, the person you've never been, like that. 
like that's when that got in my head that i mean that's still in my head i don't I like have to, i never had to listen to the music again it just kept yeah repeating in my head well i like the uh the story aspect of it because you're definitely telling a story uh and that's that's the key i think you're telling it you're you're you're, you're giving a visual uh when she probably um you know I've, I've read your writing and that's certainly what you're trying to do in your writing and that's right. that's the uh that's the idea uh, all right so let's do that let's work on that let's have that that'll be our uh That'll be our closer for the for the next <laughs> yeah. for the next podcast. That sounds that sounds like a plan. Very very fun, my friend. Very fun. All right. Anything I think else? We should let you take it out this time. To let your your performance be the be the ender. <laughs> All right. That that's, that sounds good. Uh, anything else you want to tell the people? Man, I don't think so. I've been talking a lot. We got a ton of good shows coming up, and uh, you know, come out and see them. Live music is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> not just mine. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, not saying mine is awesome. It's awesome at times. I have my moments, but uh, you know, you, you and I are going to see Wilco tomorrow night. That's going to be a blast. Yeah, I'm excited you know, about that. Uh, I'm I'm going to go see the Black Keys when they come. You know, that's going to be a blast. No, I just, bet. Uh, we should go see that Patterson Hood show. At, Definitely. At, I mean, that's, we just talked about three completely different shows. You know, and that's what. That's the idea. Just or go to your local yeah. festival and pay I just attention saw Reckless, to the band. Reckless Kelly for the first That's time. That's a cool band. They were they were good. Yeah, they were good. I never did seen you, them. Did you go uh, to Candler Candler Park Fest at all? No, I didn't. Okay, well the Fall Fest. You know, I only went for one band, and it was intentional. But I went to see, and uh, John Gotham was there too, which was awesome. I just uh, rode my bike over there. I like that dude. I went to go see uh, the Skinnerd band, which was called Freebird, which was lovely that they called it Freebird, and they had these black T-shirts that said Freebird, on just straight up, just like in black letters, which is great. And John yeah. and I both got one just because it's just <laughs> yeah. Freebird, just across the front of your chest. Like I mean, right, and. Uh, they were great, man, and they played uh, Saturday Night Special, which is one of my favorite songs. And oh, it was that is just, a good song. You know, I, 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 I'm not t- totally into the way that they just do exclusively cover bands over there, and this is, I know that's ironic coming from somebody that plays a petty, <laughs> petty show occasionally. Yeah, but that's not all y'all do. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it was fun. I, I, I liked the vibe. Uh, I certainly like seeing people play Skinnered with heart, which is what they did. Right. So even those things are worth. Just go get into them, man. Go get in front of them. You know the band can see you. That's what I keep always trying to tell people. Like <laughs> yeah. my 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 sister in law came out to the Wire and Wood show and she was like, "Did you know we were out there?" And I was like, "Yeah, I could see you." <laughs> yes, I'm yeah, on you're a right there. Freaking twelve foot stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's an outdoor festival. Like I there's mean, no like I, I don't have my eyes closed. You right. know, I'm some. I want to see people. I want to see how they react. Yeah. You know, but the band can see you. They want to see you. They 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 want you to get down. They want to see you having fun. Right. So don't be afraid to have fun. Dance, man. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Um, all right, play a little music and we'll, I'll sing the chorus one more time and that'll, that'll do us. Now who am I? Who am I? Who am I again? Hell is mean the person, the person you might have been. What am I? What am I? What am I gonna be? Forget the nouns and adjectives, let the verbs determine me. Let the verbs determine me. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Origin Story Podcast. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can sign up for the flock email a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox.